Hello and welcome to Nailing It Down, a podcast dedicated to reporting and analyzing current events, tapping whatever knowledge and expertise we can find to get as close to the truth as possible. I'm Mark Kelly with co-host Larry Hames. The focus for this episode is Americans and immigrants. Yes, we know that's redundant. We're all immigrants, except for Native Americans, and even they might have migrated here from another continent. So what's with the xenophobia? That's what Larry and I are here to talk about. Let's get to it. All right. So, Larry, uh, I know that you have been thinking a lot about this whole question of immigration, and I know you've also done some excellent digging on on the the question uh, and and what has happened in this country over the last 200 years or so uh, with regard to people coming here from other countries. I want to I want to start out by asking you, uh, you're familiar with this this new move by the Trump administration. Uh, which basically they're going to they're going to make it harder for people who are trying to who are here legally but are are trying to get a green card. Uh, they're going to make it harder for those people to get that green card if they if they if they find that they have accessed any social services uh, since they got here. They're going to say, well, that disqualifies you. You you can't do that. You can't come here and and you know leave, live off the system. Now, now, now that strikes me as as just in sync with with what Trump has is trying to do, and and his minions like Stephen Miller and and others, uh, which is basically they would like to remove all brown or black faces from the United States of America, um, which I find absolutely reprehensible. But but is is it just the Trump administration? I mean, did he invent this, or what? What did you find when you when you try to started tracking this thing back in terms of, yeah. of just just the, the stats on this thing and, and the, yeah. the behaviors that our country has engaged in, not just individual yeah, politicians? That's, yeah, that's, it is interesting because um, I think a lot of listeners may know some of this basic material, but. Um, you know, we we have uh, had waves. Everybody seems to know that that we've had waves of immigrants, uh, like the uh, 40 years, uh, 1880 to 1920, when 20 million Italian and Jewish immigrants came to our country. That was something. And, wow. Yeah, that was a large <laughs> influx. There before that, it was um, the Irish people in the 1820s, 1860s, yeah. and they accounted for a third of all the immigrants coming to our country. And um, it was of interest, and I, I had always heard of the Know Nothing Party, but until I looked into this, uh, I didn't know that that was a political party that was actually started in response to the Irish immigrants. And it wasn't just the Irish; it was oh, the no. Roman, it was the Catholic yes. part of being Irish. All of the yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing that you bring that up because I'm, I don't know if I told you I'm, I'm working on a, a new book, and this is, it's going to be about a woman named Lydia Hamilton Smith who was uh, Thaddeus Stevens' uh, housekeeper, but more than that, uh, here in Lancaster, um, you know, for 20-some years. And um, while she was was with him, Thaddeus Stevens took a little swerve into the Know Nothing Party to help get one of his friends elected to the congressional seat that he had lost uh, after defending some some African-Americans in a, in a, a trial. 
um, that, that involved the Fugitive Slave Act. Anyway, yeah, I, I had I had not realized. I always thought. I mean, I remember know nothings from from high school history class. I mean, they just went right by it. I thought it just meant they were stupid, you know, that they no no no. But they they were not that, were they? They were they were much more focused than that in terms of what they wanted to see happen in this country. Yeah, very much, and that, and that. Um, so it just I, I think recognizing that um, they they were a party that actually came into existence uh, because because of the uh, the wave of Irish immigrants and the Catholic part of that as well. So yes, we have had you know we have um, uh, um, let me just say a couple more. Go ahead. No, it just it just it just shows the response. Well, okay, in the fifties we had an influx. Eighteen fifties. We had an influx of Chinese, and they were needed. And I think most of us that study any history know that they built the railroad. Yeah, the amen. Part, right? right. And uh, it was cheap labor. Uh, we wanted them. We welcomed them until uh, the railroads were built, uh, basically. And we didn't want them around anymore. So that prompted the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, barring all Chinese immigration. Wow. So, Wow. Again, you know, those are a couple of the, the more notorious um, reactions to uh, waves of immigrants, but we have a, uh, a very rich um, xenophobic history in our yeah. country, yeah. forgetting that the first wave of immigrants, let's see, who were they? Oh, I know that they're from people from where I live here in Salem, Massachusetts. They, the pilgrims came. Um, seeking asylum uh, because of religious persecutions, as we know, and settled here, and they were the first wave of immigrants yeah. in this country. Yeah, exactly. So Ex we kind of forget that. You yeah. know, we, are, we all like to say that we, we you know, we're the daughters of the revolution, or the, you know, uh, <laughs> that that are can trace our lineage back to all these great white people from. Uh, Europe. Yeah, and and they were they were they were I mean they they practically died if the Native Americans hadn't come to the rescue and helped them. What you're saying reminds me of of uh, you know th this guy from the Trump administration who has who has recently rewritten that that poem on the base of the Statue of Liberty and and he's he's saying no it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't welcoming people from all over the world and it, and and it certainly wasn't welcoming indigent people. It was welcoming people who could come here and stand on their own two feet. And I thought, you fool. I mean, my gosh, if, if that were true, this nation would have a population of about, uh, I don't know, 150,000 by now. I mean, that would rule out everybody who came. That, that was, that's insanity. Yeah. That's totally not the case. And I'm trying to look for the quote, actually, that... Uh, let's see, in 1790, the idea was um, welcoming uh, anyone into our country is, was, the basic, uh, was the basic intent behind it when we first started uh, our country. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's, move, let's go to that. And if you, if the, if you find that quote, uh, bring it back up. Uh, you're talking about uh, first census in, in 1790 or what, like 4 million yeah, people living here? There it is. Yeah, uh, Tom, Thomas Paine, when he did the uh, Common Sense, yeah. actually in 1776, um, and he made that statement. When he he made the statement uh, Amer for American independence, most colonists consider themselves Britons. But Paine, uh, Thomas Paine, made a clear uh, case for New American, and all people who um, 
we're welcome in this country, and I can't find the exact words, but that was the case. Yeah, uh, yeah. We won't chase that down any further. Well, he he, he, he got on the nerves of, of the founding fathers more than once, well, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was a, a true a true Democrat, a true radical, uh, in the sense of uh, of uh, equality and justice and yes. all those things. Drank well, himself to death, I think, but uh, <laughs> that's what happens. Well, that's what happens when you yeah. follow these Yeah, it, it's but hard the, to beat the system. Yeah. When you, when you look at where things are headed, and uh, most of us have, have read the, uh, the, the the facts that uh, basically the, the one factoid is that by 2050 uh, we will be a, um, a majority-minority company. Uh, country. Yeah, talk about that because I think that yeah. that that just absolutely chops the feet out from under all of the things that Trump just, and his people are doing today. It, it, it would have Trump chopped the feet out from under the know nothings back in their day and any any of those moments in history you've just pointed out well, when when the country tried to close the doors and and preserve white supremacy. Right. I mean, yeah, go go with those numbers. That's, I, yeah, that's uh, and, and these are these are irreversible. I mean, unless unless they're gonna they're gonna have uh, you know uh, concentration camps or something, uh, right? Yeah, you know, something like we did to the Japanese during World War II. But I mean, otherwise, how are you gonna reverse this? Go ahead. What are what are those numbers? It's important to have those in mind. Right. Uh, it, there's just it really is. It's a it's a train that's rolling down the tracks, and there's just no way to stop this. Yeah. So For all of the um, protecting white people in this country and uh, making America white again, it just can't happen. So here's basically right now where we stand today, um, t uh, children under 10 uh, in this country, uh, the majority of children under 10 are, are, are children of color. <laughs> yeah, right now. So if you That's go the future, right? Yeah. Yeah, you go to elementary school, you're going to see uh, more brown and black faces than you're going to see white. Well, that's that's certainly the truth here where we live. You know, we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and my grandsons go to public school, and we walk them up to school every morning, and uh, <laughs> definitely white faces are a minority already in that school. I mean, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 And, and, they, and uh, we love it. We think it, it makes a wonderfully well, diverse I, community. Well, but. obviously, the, the diversity is, is, is great. Um, it adds to our, our productivity in our country. It's uh, all the things we talked about in the prior podcast. Yeah. But the, um, so the white working class Americans will be a minority by 2032, and um, white Americans in general, just across the board, all ages, will be a minority by 2043. Those numbers just kind of keep moving uh, back, so it's sooner than later. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, the fact of the reasoning behind this is really pretty simple. Um, that there are uh, falling birth rates in uh, American white people in this country. It has been working in that direction for some time. We've yeah. had years when there's been a negative uh, birth rate, uh, more people, white people dying than being born. Uh, that fact plus the, the fact that other people of color are actually having more larger families. That's mm -hmm. always been the case. Yep. And the, the combination of these two, and we're talking about people of color who are legally here, have been in our country, right. Right. second, maybe first, second, third generations, uh, doesn't matter. The, the fact is that we are going to be outnumbered, and any, any of the reasoning or any of the propositions 
to uh, try to keep that from happening is just not going to happen. It's just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do we, how do we, you know, welcome that future as opposed to run from it? That's what, that's what I was just going to ask you. How do we do that? How do we? Yeah, I mean, because because right now we see these these uh, what based on those numbers are are vain attempts to flush people of color out of the United States and make it a, a white supremacist country, which it which it really never was, was it? I mean, other than maybe no, it wasn't because because there were always Native Americans here, so it was never white from the moment the uh, white well, guys stepped on the shore. Well, so. You know, uh, yeah, that yeah, that that's bringing up the you know the issue is like who invited us in anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, to take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if th- those are the facts, I mean, and I, uh-huh. I they're they're fairly much incontrovertible. So what in the world? How do we how do we deal with with this current xenophobic period? Uh, fueled by, I'm sad to say, our president, but he's not the first one. Woodrow Wilson was no. a bigot, too. I mean, yeah, others have been. Andrew Johnson was a bigot. James Buchanan, yeah. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's native son, was a bigot. Um, but what, you know, how do we how do we respond to this now? I mean, what do you see anybody doing anything that, that will restore some sense to this? Or, or is it does it just come down to... To the voting booth, and we got to get the people who are doing this out of office so they can't do this anymore. Right. I, yeah, I think that that's probably it because, you know, uh, being a, 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 a newscaster yourself, that the people that watch um, cable news, MSNBC, yeah. yep. CNN, um, are going to continue to believe and recognize that. We're a country of a multifaceted country of, of different races and peoples, and it makes us a stronger country because of that. It makes it richer tapestry of uh, of Americans. Uh, that group is going to continue believing that way. We we're in that group, you and I. Yep. And then you have the 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 rest of the news, which is basically you know founded with with Fox. Yep. Uh, and. Uh, those folks, I mean, the reality is they're going to continue to believe we can change and, and keep our country and make it white again. We can just keep out the black people and the, or the brown people, whoever comes knocking on our door. And the facts speak the opposite of that. So I, it's, things have gotten so polarized that I, I can't imagine ultimately outside of voting people out of office and voting a new administration is anything's going to happen. It just can't. It just can't. Yeah, I yeah. don't see any other way around this. Yeah, well, and speaking of that, I mean, <laughs> I don't need to put you on the spot here, but yeah. but if that's if that's the only the only way out of out of the current atmosphere, uh, what do you, what do you think the chances are that uh, Donald Trump's going to get reelected? Well, th- you know, uh, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> not going to hold you to this. <laughs> one, one, you know, whenever you know, I mean, it, ultimately, one would think no because. 42, 46% isn't a majority, but, um, you know, we know that specific areas that would vote uh, in swing states, they, they could throw things again. And so yeah. I know when I listen to the, the uh, pundits on TV, they're, they're basically saying, don't ever say that he can't get reelected, you know, yeah. and yeah. That, that's, a, that's a fact. So I think it's just a matter of mobilizing the, uh, the Democratic Party to get behind their 
their candidate, whoever that ends up being, yeah. and, uh, and pushing very hard and making sure people do get out and, and do the voting thing. Is this where I do a so promo I, for Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, she's one of my favorites from the start too. I've liked her since since we lived in Maine, man. I I tried to get her on a talk show I did up there briefly in Bangor, and uh, she wasn't available then. I'll bet she'd be available now. uh, Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, any number. I've been trying to read about these Democratic candidates, and there's some good people there. I you know, so I think I could be happy with any one of them. yeah, yeah, I just, it's, it's just, and you know, here's, here's my, I always end up in these, these podcasts, I always end up sounding like the, uh, like the eternal optimist or the, the naive one, but I am still clinging to, to the hope that, that even, even people who voted for Trump, uh, last time in 2016, um, and especially, uh, white women, maybe over 50, uh, have become so appalled by the way he's treated immigrants, people of color, and just you know anybody anybody that doesn't fit into his his ugly white supremacist world. Um, I just I just am clinging to the hope that even no, no matter what they answer in surveys, I mean that's that's notoriously unreliable stuff anyway. You know opinion surveys because people often tell the tell the survey people what they think they want to hear, not what they're really exactly. thinking, sure. you know, especially if, if it's through talking about who you're going to vote for. But, but I just wonder if those women and others who, who thought that Trump might be something different, who despised the Clintons, whatever, might this time turn around and say, no, we, 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 that's not what America is. That's not who we are as Americans. So we, we've got to put an end to this, 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 fanning of the flames of hatred that that our president is doing I, that's that's what i'm telling myself that's how i that's how i get to sleep at night <laughs> yeah exactly well i i that 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 could be wishful thinking um i i don't know um i i'm of the belief that uh if you know that that people that support trump uh ha, are basically are one issue people yeah and he you know he has the shotgun approach that uh he hits eight or ten issues, uh, hot-button issues, and people will support him even though he, they abhor his personal uh, behaviors yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the xenophobia and whatever because, well, for instance, um, they may see abortion as right. the worst thing ever happening to this country. So yeah. he's already got the court stacked. He's stacking it more every day. Yeah. Um, and... And so if, if Trump continues to stack it, uh, and if he would have another election, we would, yeah. we would have it. <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would. Uh, we would have a conservative yeah. court for the next 50 years anyway. So, uh, yeah. You know, that, that's the worst-case scenario. But, but I, So that, that's my concern is that people will vote for him on the one issue that they yeah. find. Yeah. It could be that. It could be uh, don't touch my guns. It could be any yep. variety of issues. Um, including the the white nationalist idea that we we really should return to a country of being just white people. Yeah. And um, I, so whatever that issue is for individuals, they'll vote that. And and it's just where we're at at this point in our country. Yeah. Um, the best we can hope for, in my opinion, is getting a, a, a Democrat elected. Yeah. They can start to heal this rift between 
uh, the, the two factions that yeah. are alien, you know, that we polarized ourselves as being. Right. Yeah. And and just to say, look, nobody can be all right and nobody can be all wrong. So we're going to find some middle ground here, and that won't happen until we get uh, a person like Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, any 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 one of the twenty two candidates <laughs> would would be able to move yeah. in that direction, you know, yeah. and that's where it has to go eventually. So yeah. Uh, I yeah. think history will look at this and say this is just one big hiccup in yeah. aberration. Yeah. And, uh, it didn't happen in a vacuum. I mean, the rest of the world right. uh, decided right. that they wanted to be xenophobic, too. And, they right. didn't want, and it does come back to what we talked about in our last podcast, Mark, is the fact that there is a large migration around the world that's happening. Right. And it will not stop, and it and it cannot stop because of the all the factors that make it happen. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, I hear you. Those aren't changing. The wars aren't changing. The drug wars aren't changing until those things can change or if they ever do change, you know, there may be less of a need for people to migrate away from where they live currently. Right. And we we could influence things, that, too. We could influence that, too. Well, we absolutely yeah. could. And a, and a lot of very... Um, I won't say several ways, but there are ways we could do that as yeah. our nation, joining with other nations around the world. Right. Let's have a, let's figure out how to deal with the migration. We'll re- we'll return to that topic in in uh, yet another podcast because I think that's well worth talking about. In the meantime, we got to keep the faith, and yep. and I think I think uh, present a positive message, appeal to people's humanity, and appeal to their sense of fairness and equality and justice and and. Uh, we got to at least put an end to this stuff and then see what we can do after that, I guess. Yeah. Yep. That, All right. No, hey. that, that's about where we're at. Yep. Hey, we're out of time, my friend. Okay. Uh, pleasure as always. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. Tackle another issue down the road. I've got some ideas. Excellent. Okay. We'll talk. We're never out of ideas. <laughs> All right. All right Larry. Hey, thank All you. Right. All right. Talk to you later. That's it for this go-round. My email is still kellymark2, K-E-L-L-E-Y-M-A-R-K-2, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my good friend Brad Lehman for making use of our podcast in the excellent conversations he advances with his friends on Facebook. Our theme music is Awkward Situation by Vortex. Part of the mission here is to provide a corrective to the misleading and deceitful harangues of those who have been punching the daylights out of dedicated professional journalists and people of goodwill for far too long. Together, we can make a difference. For Larry Hames and myself, thanks for listening. This is Nailing It Down.